No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. G'day, I'm Dr. Friday and the doctor is in the house. What a beautiful first Saturday of July. Um, bit nippy, a uh, bit nippy out there. My goodness, bit hot out there. I was doing some yard work earlier and I'll let you know it's, but the little bit of rain came down. So that cooled it down. So if you want to join us today, we're going to be talking about obviously my favorite subject taxes. We still have taxes that many people may have filed extensions for the year of 2021. And we're going to talk a little bit about 2022. And also we want to talk a little bit about amended returns because um, I know for a fact that um, the IRS has put out a, a news thing on July and June 11th. So this is back a little bit, but on June 11th, the agency said they had 2.1 million unprocessed amended tax returns. Normally it will only take them 16 weeks to handle an amended return. Now they're saying it can take uh, the 40 or 50 weeks. So we're looking at basically a year to process an amended return, which sits perfectly with one of my cases where um, we had filed an amended return. We finally just got notification. They showed that they received it and it was processed practically a year ago. And now they needed additional information. So not only did it take them a year to actually get us a letter saying that that they needed information, but it took that long for it to get in. You can go to irs.gov, click on amended or corrected returns, and you can look to make sure at least then you'll see that the returns are, are in the system. Um, do not expect. And the, and the sad part of this conversation is throughout that whole year, we have received probably four to five love letters from the IRS trying to make collections for something that we are correcting for this client. Um, and in the big picture, they don't owe any money. They actually have a refund coming back. But meanwhile, they keep getting letters. The, the amount due is larger and larger. We continuously submit copies of the amended return back to the IRS. We contact them, let them know that we are in the process of dealing with the IRS. Um, but, you know, it. Uh, in all honesty, it doesn't seem to make a lot of difference. Uh, I think they're as far behind on the letters that we're mailing back. Um, and getting a hold of someone on the phone is very difficult. So we usually are trying to certify copies so we can prove that we are in communication with the client, uh, with the IRS, but it is a bit frustrating. So um, again, if you have, an, and a, a large number of amended returns happened in the year of 2020, a couple of reasons. One, we had serious storms in that year. So we had some um, possible corrections for some people. And then of course, 2020 was just a wonky year um, for a lot of business owners, especially where PPP money may have gotten picked up accidentally as income or, you know, other, other situations where they just, you know, the tax returns, not knowing how to process some of the grants and different things, people either forgot to put in a grant or forgot to, uh, or, or pay tax on some of the grants that were tax-free. So if you've got questions, you can join us here in the studio. I do realize 
this is a holiday weekend, so we'll see if anyone is actually listening. 615-737-9986, number here in the studio. Hopefully you guys are making some good plans for the 4th of July. Um, one of the things that does happen in July that a lot of people should be kind of looking forward to, and I'll keep telling people throughout the, the month because it doesn't actually happen till the end, but July 29th through 31st, uh, the 29th through the 31st is the sales tax free weekend. And for the first time, I think, I don't, I don't remember, we do also have from August 1st in Tennessee. Now this is a Tennessee, um, August 1st through August 31st, they have a sales tax grocery uh, week, uh, month, I guess you would say. So those are both ones you might want to put on because keep in mind, it, especially school's getting ready to start. Um, I'm assuming it hasn't started. Some people I think start before July 29th, but you can buy uh, clothing costs $100 or less per an item. You don't pay sales tax. Um, you would have um, anything that's more than $100, you wouldn't do it. Now, I did have a, someone tell me straight out that it was interesting only because uh, she basically said she goes up there and she rings up if, you know, if it's $50, $20 or whatever, and it's going to add up to, um, it says any one uh, apparel items priced at more than $100. So uh, you might want to just pull out the things that are under and then the things that are over just to, to make it work. Um, items sold together, such as shoes, cannot be split. Obviously, you know, it's a, it's two. Um, and then handbags, uh, jewelry, sports, recreational equipment, those are not part of the sales tax weekend. Um, art supplies, school supplies, normal, um, again, any one item under $100, um, you get to claim. And then, of course, computers under $1,500. This is a great time to plan, uh, even business owners. If you're thinking about maybe you need to uh, upgrade a computer or something, it used to be Black Fridays, which we no longer really have because now Black Friday's like, in July or something. Um, but uh, anyways, it's something to think about if you, you know, again, why not save money while you're doing it? So um, July 29th through 31st is the deadline on that. And then again, in August, the whole month of August, there is no sales tax on groceries in Tennessee. So that's going to uh, come pretty soon. It'll sneak up on us very, very quickly. Um, so if you have a question, you can join the show, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. I'm going to answer a couple um preparing that maybe a lot of people are kind of out of town. So I'm going to go to the, the emails and go through some of the ones that we had in the last week or so. Um, so that way we can um, see if any of those hit any individuals. One of the biggest ones um, that we seem to get almost every week, uh, of course, is dealing with inherited properties. So um, in this case, this person has inherited multiple properties. Um, and then dealing with that inherited property, how do you report it on your tax return? Are you even supposed to report it on your tax return? Um, is it in a trust? Is it um, something that was gifted directly to you? Did the title just transfer? Um, and just for anybody that um, follows, I mean, obviously in our office, we handle people's estates for them sometimes um, when they don't have family members or, or situations where they really want an outside fiduciary person to handle um, running an estate. And so when we do that, sometimes we have to do what we call a small um, 
probates. It's it's really for for example, we were lucky enough. And the only reason I found this out is one of them I was handling. There is a car, everything else went through the trust, everything else, but for whatever reason, because the way the car was titled to the deceased individual, not to the trust, um, we none have power. So we have to go through probate for this car to be retitled so we can sign it over to the beneficiary. Um, and let me tell you, it's taken us a year and a half to get to this point. Well, we found out that there is not, as of last Friday, there will be no more um, small uh, estates. You, you have to go through full probate. There will not be any small probate. So if anyone knows more about that, that can be important to understand because um, many times we, the simple probate is something because you don't have to usually file, pay for a lawyer. It's, it's usually just a little bit more um, simple for individuals. And now they're taking this away. I don't know the reason behind it. I'm not an attorney. Uh, like I said, I've only had to deal with a handful of these situations, but um, it is one of those situations where you do want to make sure that you have, you know, the right information and, and that you're maybe talk to your attorney if you have an estate, a trust, you know, my, my attorney, Russ Cook, um, handles all that, but if you have an, a trust or an estate, this may change it. I don't know if there's any updates any of us will have to have um, that will make sure things are titled to the trust. Everything is titled to the trust. So that way, when we pass away, we don't have to worry about a, um, having a car that is outside of the trust. Uh, I never even thought about it. I don't think any of my cars are titled to the trust. So um, that would be an interesting conversation. I'll have to see if I can get my attorney to join us on radio here in the next couple of weeks and talk a little bit about what we might need to know about this change and if it has any direct changes to what we want to do, right? To make sure that we're all living and doing. And I mean, most of us just like to kind of deal with that issue and then forget about it. Just, you know what, everything's in the right place. If something happens, great, but now let's just live our lives and not worry about it. Uh, but, you know, again, when they change these rules and many of us don't follow it, I don't think I would have known about it unless Russ would have called me and said, hey, we've got to update something on your estate because of this. Or, or um, like I said, we, we were fortunate enough to be talking to somebody that actually worked at the probate court and, and then they told us, uh, to make sure so we had everything in the, in the right place. So if you have questions about taxes, that's what this show's about. But I just sometimes think that if we're going to be dealing with life issues, we need to make sure we're dealing with what we want to be dealing with. We're going to take um, some phone calls if you want to join the show at 615-737-9986, 615 Like I said, we have an email uh, here we're talking about inherited properties. And the biggest question was how much money should I be setting aside? Do I owe any taxes? Um, we also get quite a few emails uh, in the last couple months concerning people in their primary homes because we um, there's a lot of myths out there. I had one that just kept coming back with all the different um, ways. I mean, obviously in the last 40, 50 years of uh, my life, you, you in, in dealing with taxes, you would have um, situations where at one point 
there was, if you um, sold your primary home, you had two years to reinvest. That was the prior tax law than what we operate under. Now we have exclusion. So the exclusion is $250,000 for an individual, $500,000 for a married couple. Um, on your primary home, you had to live in a two out of the last five years. Um, it could be an, it could have been a rental for a year or two. Um, and then it still would have been considered your primary, but there would be some possible recapture. So again, making sure you understand how taxes are going to affect you is how you're going to keep more money in your pocket, right? So if you've got a question, you can ask it 615-737-9986-615-737-9986. We're going to talk a little bit about um, hiring your children. I mean, summertime might be a great time for children under the age of 18. Some ways that you can either build up future retirement, college funds, or just look at um, what, you know, if they're working for you, why not have them being paid? And therefore, um, you might be saving quite a bit of money on income tax. So when we get back from this break, we're going to talk more about that and maybe find some ways that you can uh, put those kids to work and then also save on taxes. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday Show. All righty, we are back here live in studio. If you want to join us, you can at 615-731-9986. I think that's right, 615-731-9986. Hopefully that's right, Lavidius. Um, it's been only, what, 10 years and I went blank. So uh, let's go ahead and hit Phil on, uh, on the show. Hey, Phil. Hey, uh, funny uh, all this happened and I just got in the car to take off the trash and you're talking about everything that just happened to us. Uh, amazing how all this works. Uh, Mom just passed away, and um, she had uh, an estate, and we were finalizing it uh, Monday, but she passed away before that. But uh, in 13, Dad died, and she sold her house uh, last year, and um, it was 440, $445,000. Um, and she understands that some, there was some kind of law that says that uh, um, the, uh, the person that uh, had a household or whatever, um, and I'm confused with all that. And, you know, we have a car and I don't know what to do with the car and everything that you were talking about just then, it just hit home. Trust me. Yes. So, well, I'm so glad, God bless I'm glad you. because it's frustrating to a point. Yeah. I mean, you think you have everything your mom may have thought she had, you know, everything pretty much set up. And then, you know, when you're trying to do it, it's not as simple. I think they try to make it more complicated, but on your mom's house, she sold it last year. She would have had, since you lost dad, Theoretically, in 2013, when Pops passed away, you would have, she would have received a step up in basis for his share. Um, so depending on how much money they originally purchased that house at, and then what the, what it was worth in 13, up uh, another step up in basis, you would have then had a $250,000 exclusion on top of it. So for example, let's say they purchased the home for 200,000 and they sold it for whatever, 450, they would, uh, she would have a zero tax under that situation. Now, if they purchased it for 20,000, I've had several of those fell where, you know, mom and dads have lived in these homes for 20 years or whatever. Um, and, you know, so do you have any idea what they purchased the home for? Well, they, uh, we kind of stick built it. Uh, they were, uh, uh, mom was a nurse and dad worked in an aluminum plant and they, uh, had four of us. So, uh, back in 74, um, I would say probably no more than 30,000 to put it in, right. in that house. Right. So they basically built or you or your whole family built that house. 
Um, so it would be interesting to see what it was worth. Now, did, did mom sell it before she passed away? Yes. Okay. So I thought you said, so what you're going to need to try to find out is, um, to the best of you, you know, unfortunately, um, since she's not here, we're going to have to try to do our best recreation and, you know, bottom line is find out if we can do the best you can and then find out what it was worth back in 2013 when your father passed away because okay, that's going to have a big step up probably. yeah it was a, it was worth i already got that it was worth 170 in 2013 okay so half of that would be the step up that mom gets plus half of whatever it was worth so let's just say it was 30 back in 74 170 in 2013 so she would have had 15 and 85 so 85 15 that's what 100 hundred thousand dollars would be her basis in these rough numbers fell um okay and then if she sold it for 400 then the difference she would add 250 so the first 350 would be free money and then anything above that would be probably taxable and under these rough okay. estimates do you know what it what rate um if it's if does she have any would she have any other income uh, just her social security and uh, she had a, like a $200 uh, dollar a month from my dad's uh, retirement. Okay. So, um, she up until she hits $200,000. So how much did they sell the house for roughly just the ballpark? 445. Okay. So we keep it simple. We got a hundred thousand plus that. So she would be at the 15% tax bracket. Okay. Perfect. For the, for like the hundred thousand dollars that she doesn't okay. have covered. Okay. Well, that's, this is kind of what we were wondering, just where, where we're at and how much of this money to set aside for all that. Because And, and then, right. again, how do, how do we file income tax for a dead person? It's, uh, it's basically the executor, you, whatever, would prepare the form and sign it as the executor. And then there's a form called a 1310. If there's a refund, if there's money due, well, then you just issue the funds. Um, and, and there's a place basically goes across the top of the return saying deceased and the date of the passing. Uh, so okay. that way they know that you're filing on behalf of the deceased individual. Will they require a death certificate as well? Um, they do. If, if there's a refund, to be quite honest, if there's no refund, no. Okay. All right. And the car now? The car now, like I said, depending on your situation, um, I, the state I have, and we have been working for a year and a half on this with this particular case, we had to take it to probate to get someone to sign off so they can change the name from the person that passed away to the estate so that now the estate can sign it to the beneficiary. It seems okay. absolutely ridiculous, but yeah. you, you know, are you trying to sell it, keep it? What's the deal? Well, we were in the process of selling it because uh, she couldn't drive anymore and uh, just okay. uh, was, she was going to sell it and bank it. You might be able to, you might be able to go to someplace like CarMax or something. I'm just saying, and they probably That's, have with your power of attorney for the estate, they probably are better off than what I did. To be honest, that's, price that's where we just that's where we just went last week before See? it passed. We're like in sync. You're, yeah, no, it's a great place to take you. You were beautiful. This, you, you know, you get in the car and there you are, Doctor Friday, and I, you know, <laughs> my God, you're you're such you know what a godsend, you know. Well, no worries. If I can be of any help, just let me know. Thanks, Phil, for listening. Well, I really appreciate well, it. Well, thank you. That really lightened me a lot there. Thank you, and have a great cool. fourth. Happy Independence thank you Day. Too. Thank you. Bye. All right. Yes, puppy dog. You need to be back. All right. Thank you for um, calling. And if you want to join the show, you can 615-731-9986. 615-731-9986 is the number here in studio. And we will take your calls. I did want to give a couple different updates. One 
is the gifting. I, I, you know, obviously the last three years, it's been $15,000 for each person you wanted to gift money to 2022. I did not catch this and we're already in July guys. uh, It is $16,000. So 2022, you now can give $16,000 to your children or any single individual um, for the purpose of, of gifting. If for some reason you gift more than that, then we have to file a 709 gift tax return. Now keep in mind that the gift lifetime gifting is $12 million. So, you know, there's a little wiggle room in there for most of us. I doubt we'll, at least I know I will never hit the $12 million. So, um, that would be something, you know, that you can consider, but sometimes gifting out the 16, a lot of times people try to help. I know I have one or two, I know I talked to a client last week that she was, um, she had inherited some money. So now she wanted to pay off her daughter's student loans. Um, and by doing that, she needed to gift the money to her daughter. And it was over at the time thinking it was 15,000, but it was in the 30,000. So she was going to gift part of it this year and then part of it next year, but she could have gifted the whole thing, not cost a dollar of tax to anybody. Uh, but it would come out of her lifetime estate. Um, and again, probably would not affect a lot of individuals um, on that. So we'll have to figure out where that is, but that will be the way that's going to work. Um, so again, $16,000 gift annual exclusion increased from 15 to 16. Lifetime exclusion went from 11.7 million to 12.06 million. Um, and then of course the lifetime skipping generation follows the same as gifting tax. So that is important. And if you're married and you both have one child or you have multiple children, each individual can give that $16,000. So you could give as a married couple to any one child, $32,000. Hopefully that will help some individuals that may be thinking about doing different things on that situation. You have uh, to, to move forward on. So if you have questions on uh, taxes or again, um, because we all live in the real world, there are things that happen like amending a tax return or hiring our children. Let's cover that real quick. Um, so if you want to hire your children, great idea. No FICA taxes due, which is what we refer to as self-employment. If a sole proprietor or husband-wife partnership employed their children under the age of 18, ditto if the child works for a partner for the parents, one person LLC, that's a disregarded individual. It also, you do not also have to pay federal unemployment tax owed for any salary under until they reach the age of 21. No FICA tax, which is self-employment tax. Also, these same children can earn theoretically up to $12,000 where if you make $100,000 and you make $12,000, you're going to pay most likely, at least if you're married, you're going to pay the uh, 12% tax. If you're um, single you're and making $100,000 on that, you would be paying the 22% tax. So um, when it comes to that situation, you want to be able to do this but it has to be legitimate, guys. You have to put them on payroll. You have to state too much statutory employees and you have to make sure they are doing something and paying. Um, you're paying them to do it. And I know I have some people that have sent me emails and says, well, my children, we take and put their picture on the, the Christmas card. I'm not gonna say you couldn't do a very, very small modeling fee, 
you know, but in all honesty, you know, this is supposed to be for work. So they can clean the, the office. They can take out garbage. They can scan documents. I have 13, 14 year olds handling, scanning and putting in uh, transactions into QuickBooks. You can do any of that. All right, let's hit Matthew in Green Hills before we hit uh, the break. So he doesn't have to stay through it. Hey, Matthew. Hey, how are you, ma'am? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for calling. Um, so this year, uh, I filed married filing jointly with my wife and we didn't fudge on anything mm -hmm. like charity and all that. Um, we just did regular W2s. That was it. It's simple. Yeah. I did it with TurboTax and it said I was supposed to get back 4771. Right. Well, we still didn't get it. We still didn't get it. And then I get a letter in the mail from the IRS saying that it's, that they have adjusted it to thirty nine ninety six, and I said, "Oh, well, okay." So we still didn't get that. We didn't get that, and then I get another letter in the mail that says it's nineteen twenty six, and we never got that. And then we finally get twelve hundred and some dollars from Santa Barbara Tax Company out in California. Oh, Santa Barbara is a system that's used to, I mean, normally you, maybe when you use TurboTax, you ask for the money to, to come in or did you get an advance on your, on your money by any chance? No. Yes. No. We just, okay. Okay. You know, cool. just whenever we got oh, it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would first in those love letters that they sent you, they, there should have been, now I know I've gotten some of these that don't, but there should have been explanation. Like they changed it. Like, did you have anything in there for not receiving stimulus money? I'm just asking, you know, I mean, I know you said you were pretty straightforward, but the question is, did you, was there any of the money that you were uh, asking for? Was it the $1,400 that you may or may not have received? No, I've got no, like six we, cases. we both got oh, all of those. We both payments. got all that money. Okay. Well, it'd be interesting to find out why they went from 400, 4,771 down to 1200 and some dollars. That's a three, over a $3,000 adjustment, 3,500 almost. That's a but big when adjustment. I get on the IRS, when I get on the IRS site, it says $1,926. So this Santa Barbara tax company charged me like 500 bucks. Well, that's to say, I mean, normally when Santa Barbara, that company gets in there is because there's been an advance on, on, um, the pay, the, the amount due. So I would be curious to find out if, and I get, I don't know if you did or your wife does it or, or whatever, but I would be curious to find out because the only reason Santa Barbara gets involved is if they give you an advance on your refund. We've, so we've never if, had an advance. Right. So then I would never, call ever. because I'd be concerned that somebody else got an advance on your refund. And that they, because normally oh. what happens is you get the advance on the refund, it then goes to Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara pays off your debt, and then they send you a check for the difference. So wow. I would, you so know, somebody so, hacked me yeah. probably. well, it's a, it's a very big possibility. And I would definitely contact them and find out because that is I've definitely tried to call them and I yeah. tried to call the IRS and it's like, you just can't talk to anybody. You couldn't you get anywhere at the Santa Barbara. Anybody. The yeah, IRS, I, tried I know, to call I live them. it every day but nothing there. Yeah. I tried to call Santa Barbara and they were the same. Huh. Well, I wouldn't, I would, I would pursue it because if you know that you didn't do that, that's when that Santa Barbara has nothing to do with the IRS. It's just a loan company that works on the websites. Um, so that would be Mary, you know, that's really 
something you want to make sure you continue because, you know, basically some fraud may have happened against you and you might want to get um, a pin number with the IRS. So it doesn't happen next year, you know, in case somebody's found some way to tag into your refunds, you know what I mean? Um, okay. And I mean, I'd also be concerned if some of these changes happen because somebody filed a return, you know, like another return under you or something. So you, you just might want to make sure that all of that is correct. You know I mean? Just double check because with all those changes happening, it's just weird. Normally you get one letter, right. not three letters and each one reducing you down and reducing you down. So I would definitely, I know you did it yourself, but I do know TurboTax online. I mean, I use the professional version, but I do know they have people. You might want to call someone from there. And say, hey, okay. wait, when I did my return, I had $4,000. I've gotten these, but this doesn't make any sense. And who's Santa Barbara, you know? Um, and just see yep. if they can't help you. Okay. Yeah, I'll All start right. with them because I'm yeah. not having very much luck getting with the IRS. Well, so. that would be the last person you'll get a hold of. Trust me. Gosh knows. I make a living doing it. It's hard to do. But uh, but into it, you should be able to, or TurboTax, whatever, you should be able to maybe get somebody online there because obviously you paid them for the service. All right. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Hey, no worries, mate. Thanks for calling. All right. We're going to take a quick break here. We get back. We'll come to some of your phone calls. If you want 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. All righty. We are back here live in studio. And you can join us live, 615-737-9986. Sorry, guys. I know I had a typo there. 615-737-9986. And let's go ahead and hit Adam and Brentwood talking about a very popular subject. Hey, Adam. Hey, how are you? I am good. So stimulus checks, not necessarily yes, receiving them. Yes, ma'am. So I didn't get my the last stimulus check, and I did it through TurboTax and put that I didn't receive it, and everything got accepted. Um, and then I got a letter from our. Go ahead. Go ahead, Adam. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, I got a letter from the IRS saying that it had been amended. Uh, what do I need to do about that? So um, according to the IRS, um, if you've received the letter that basically says that you didn't get it, then you need to go ahead and pull, first you need to pull your transcripts to find out if they refunded the money. Um, second is, and at least in two of the cases we have found out in our side, and it's not a perfect science, I'll tell you that right now. Um, we found out that the address they had on these individuals were wrong. So they actually, they mailed them out. So the IRS is showing that the checks went out, but they actually got returned. So we have to wait for the whole process, which could take gosh knows how long. But meanwhile, they got refused on their 2021 tax return because the IRS is showing that it was sent out. So we're told that we had to put a tracking, which basically took us having to call the IRS and find out where the money was because it never was cash. So we were told by someone at the IRS, just for you and anyone else listening, is that once they, they are working, but keep in mind, they're like three years behind, I think. But anyways, they're working on reposting these checks that were rejected or returned or people destroyed or whatever. Um, and, and 
going from there. But your first thing would be personally what we did and what I think you need, you need to pull your transcripts because on there will say the date that they issued the original checks. Then you need to go to your bank and just make sure Adam that they did not end up in your bank as a direct deposit. Um, in none of my cases has the money ever hit these people's banks. Um, okay. And then you can go ahead and call the IRS and say, you know, I've got proof. I didn't do this. Can you put a trace on my checks? Because I never received them. And then the process will start. And supposedly four to six months from now, we'll hear back from them. That's what we're being told. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Hey, Adam. Thanks. Bye. It is the most disappointing part of my conversation because I really did not help Adam at all. Uh, because the problem is they, you know, the IRS is telling, I mean, all these people, just like the gentleman they called earlier, um, you know, Matthew that said he had a refund. First thing I was thinking, okay, because many of the people that we have changed on tax returns in 20 and 21 was because stimulus checks were rejected. They said that the people had gotten them. The people are telling me they never got them. We pulled every bank statement on these cases to make sure the money never showed up in the bank, at least to the best of our ability, no direct deposits from the IRS. Not always easy to know if you actually physically deposited a check, but in most cases, in many of these cases we have, that deposit would have been larger than most deposits going in because most of these don't have very large deposits. So, uh, and then of course, calling, getting them to put a trace. Um, we are told that this is a process that's going to be happening. And if anybody listening um, and deals with this kind of situation or has had a better experience, um, totally would appreciate um, either contacting me, emailing me, or even joining us on the radio here, but letting people know if there's something I'm missing, because we have hit every type of box we could find trying to track down the stimulus money. Um, we did find out in several of our cases when we finally were able to talk to a um, a revenue person um, that that some of them had back child support, and in a couple cases, the money was applied to back IRS debt. Um, which, um, if it's claimed on a tax return, they can do that. So again, it would not have been like these letters that say we've changed your tax return. It would say that this money you you had a refund, but now we've applied it to this other tax period. So um, not the exact same situation, but we have had a couple of those situations with uh, the child support and back state income tax. They can take the money for both of those um, as, as part of it, but there should be a letter that says that versus just, you know, you don't, and the letters we are seeing at this time is usually, no, you just didn't get it, didn't qualify, you know, whatever. And, um, and, you know, to be quite honest, the tax program's telling us these people qualify. And then the IRS is saying, nope, you, you know, we changed your tax return because um, you claim something you shouldn't have. There's no explanation, nothing in there. Very um, confusing for most people. So just putting that out there. Um, really quick here, for all people that do what I do, tax people. Now, obviously, if you're an enrolled agent, this is not probably going to be a big deal. But if you just prepare taxes and you e-file taxes, um, just last month, they basically individuals are required to use the IRS authorized vendor for fingerprinting each new principal and responsible officer listed as a new e-file application and added to an existing application needs fingerprints must have a 
appointment with the IRS. All these forms must be in, I think, by September 15th. So if you um, are not an enrolled agent or a CPA, but or an attorney, I guess all of us, because um, that way you're already registered. But if you are just a, a tax preparer, um, nothing but you do, if you won't be able to do e-file unless you update your application with fingerprinting. That just came in the news yesterday. So um, many of you guys may have saw the emails on it, but uh, just wanted to make sure, because I know I have quite a few people that listen that also do taxes. Now, many of you guys may be professionals like myself, an enrolled agent or a CPA, but some of you, I think, are just people that do taxes. And if you do e-file, then, you know, again, you need to make sure that you um, read this email. If you don't know where it's at, go to irs.gov, look under um, news under there, and you should be able to, um, you know, see, see where it tells you what to do and how to follow through with it. So that way, Come the busy season, we all know and love, you will be able to continue doing exactly what you do all the time, which is basically making sure that you are dealing with um, e-file correctly. So um, we're going to take another break. We'll get back. We can talk. Um, I take phone calls at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. Um, if you've got questions, if you have children, again, I can't tell you how many times I talk to parents and they have children, they're self-employed, the parents are, and I'm surprised when children are not part of the payroll, they're not part of the business. Uh, there's so many ways where you can have the child, they work, they do their time, and then they take the money and then they pay for their, their ex, you know, their dates or their cars or whatever with that money. So you want to make sure that you have that there. So you, you know, teaching them how hard it a is to make money, but also it keeps more money in your pocket, in the household pocket. Um, my family, unfortunately at that time, never had those particular benefits out there, but we all worked in the, my dad's accounting firm. That's how we all end up mostly in the business. So if you have uh, questions, you can 615-737-9986. This will be our last break. When we get back, we'll take your calls and uh, any questions you have. We'll be right back. We are back here live in studios, have about, oh, eight minutes, eight, 10 minutes left of the show. So if you've been waiting, have a question concerning inheritance or concerning a land sale, or maybe you sold your primary home. Those are big questions. And if you've done right, may, may not have anything, but with the way real estate has been happening, it is making uh, some interesting conversations. So if you have a question, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking calls, talking about those. Again, just an update for anyone that may have just joined us. We were talking about amended returns. Individuals um, generally have three years to amend a return um, and get a refund. You can sometimes request an amendment earlier than that, but you won't get a refund. If you haven't filed, if you, 2019, 20, and 21 are the three years in which there's a refund. So if you have, I have cases where we have six, seven, eight years we have to file. And uh, many cases that uh, people have left money on the table. And so those, any, anything prior to 2019, you're not likely to get a refund for. Um, 
So that's just important to know. We talked a little bit about what you need to be doing. Again, get prepared for this year. Again, it's going to be another crazy year. We do have until October 17th to file. If you filed an extension, the due date for 2021 is October the 17th. Um, if you haven't filed an extension, then you're late. And if you're late, then you need to just think about filing those taxes as soon as possible. Um, just making sure that you basically don't uh, forget to file because if you don't file taxes, you're just going to end up having a problem later. It's better to be dealing with the taxes due than it is for failure to file a tax return in the first place. So making sure that you actually have what you need, when you need, and you know the best you know, being as organized, especially for small business owners, because you're so busy wearing so many different hats, been there, done that, still live it. Um, and, you know, in doing that, sometimes you forget, miss deadlines, or you forget to, to track the paperwork properly. So make sure that you have something set up, some paperwork set up. So that way you're not carrying a box around with receipts that could be fading. Hello, I've got a couple of them on my office and it's a little hard to read. So if you can't read them, I can't claim them. All right, let's go ahead and hit Lee and Hendersonville. See if I can help out. Hey, Lee. Hey, um, I was wanting to know, my mother's 90, and she we're selling her rental property, one rental property in Tennessee, and her mm -hmm. primary residence in Kentucky, and we are going to move her closer to us, but she very much wants to stay in a single-family residence, right. and so if we bought a house that used up the rental property money that we the proceeds, sale proceeds, and the um, Kentucky home, it'll only be part of that. Um, will that have help any on the taxes as far as? So, so basically, um, the, uh, there's two different tax codes. You're going to have her primary home that she lived in in Kentucky. That's going to be whatever she paid for it, plus 250000 for simple math. There could have been a, a father and there could have been a step up in basis while he was alive. But um, is that going to cover pretty much what she had or has she lived in Kentucky forever? Um, she's lived there, yeah, pretty much forever. Yeah, I mean, just like the gentleman I called earlier where his parents had built the house back in 74, right? So there wasn't, in those days, 30, 40, 50,000 was a decent home. Um, and now, you know, so do you have any idea what her primary home is going to sell for? Um, yeah. Ballpark? Well, sorry, I'm going through some rain here, so it might, might uh, interfere. But yeah, the house she's possibly going to sell is going to be right around 300,000 and okay. the rental property will likely be 300,000. All right. So under the primary home, if you take the 250,000 exclusion, plus she probably at least paid 50,000 or has a step up, she's probably going to end up with zero tax on the primary, but the rental property, which is an investment, that's going to be, um, mostly, I mean, whatever they paid for it, less, what they sell it for is the capital gains tax. And then there's ordinary income tax uh, based on the recapture of depreciation. Not as, not as simple okay. to give you a calculation on that one because it depends on when she purchased that property and for how much. And, uh, okay. you know, if it, you know, kind of thing. But so there is going to be some taxes on that particular second property. So you, and there is no tax law that allows you to roll it into another property that's going okay. to become her primary. So she will have okay. to pay taxes before she actually um, 
buys that other home or at least has the money set aside for it, not that it stops her from buying another home. Okay. All right. Good to know. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank no you problem. If, if you need more help, you can give me a call and we can crunch the actual numbers if that would help. But at least you get something okay. to kind of start with. Yeah, that does. Okay. That does help. Thank All you. right. Thanks, Lee, for calling. I appreciate it very much. All right. We're going to um, almost wind down here on the show. So we have um, a couple things we want to talk about. One is if you do have questions, I mean, these are important questions. And before you go and reinvest money or go and do something where you have to, um, you know, where the money's going to be tied up in something, you do want to make sure that you've talked to someone. If mom has a tax person in this case, or if you don't have somebody, then you can certainly call our office or check with the tax person that's doing the taxes. They can give you an estimate because especially when you're talking about selling investment property, primary homes, I can give you a rough idea over the, you know, over the phone, whatever that's, that's somewhat simplistic in comparison to rental property, which somebody could have had for the last 20 years. Some of it may not be recapturable. Some of it is, um, you could fully have depreciated that home. I've got several cases, but, um, you know, it's ordinary income tax, which is actually lower in some cases than capital gains tax. But that's really important to actually get all those numbers together. So that way, you know, if you owe $40,000, you don't want to put it all out there and then say, oh my gosh, I owe Uncle Sam. You want to have that money available to be able to do something with it. So if you have, if you don't have someone to talk to and you need some help, we're more than happy to try to help you figure out that money so you don't end up getting in trouble with the IRS, which is the one thing we don't want anyone to do. Um, so if you want to reach my office on Tuesday this week, since Monday we're closed, uh, happy 4th of July to everyone. On Tuesday, 615-367-0819. Again, 615-367-0819. You can also email me directly at Friday at like Friday, like the day of the week at drfriday.com. So Friday at drfriday.com. And I can do my best to give you a rough estimate of uh, preparation for taxes. Again, unless you're an existing client, most of my estimates are going to be based on a generic set of questions, but it will give you something to start with. And then you can go from there and get a better estimate if you have a, so again, somebody that does your taxes usually can help you. But if you don't have anybody, then we can, we can get you some numbers. So at least I'd rather overcompensate or at least have some money set aside than, than doing your taxes. And at the end of the year, there's nothing worse than having to go sell and do, and then come back in the IRS getting hit with penalties and, and pain. So that's never a pretty thing. If you don't have any idea who I am, you can also go to drfriday.com. That is D-R-F-R-I-D-A-Y.com. Um, and you can check out who I am, what I do, how long I've been doing. I found out that we've been uh, doing this for nearly 28 years. Did not realize I had my business quite so long, um, but that's what I'm being told. And so if you need someone that can help you out, explain to you why we're doing things. Again, I can't always explain why the IRS does what it does. Um, there are some basic rules that all of us know and understand, but sometimes getting to the facts or understanding where those facts are coming from, big difference. So that's a, a huge change in what you, what you have. But if you need help, you can certainly do that. 615-367-0819. Again, we're open on Tuesday, 615 
3670819 and again if you also need just someone to you know say hey i've got this concept um you know or i've got this scenario can you give me a rough idea? Um, we'd be more than glad to try to uh, get back with you or at least ask you some questions and try to give you the best idea that we have um, and getting an estimate because anytime, I don't care if you're taking money out of a 401k, selling your primary home, selling stocks, any of those things that are different than your normal everyday situation can cause big tax problems because a lot of times people are doing some of those things to get out of some other issue and then they end up in an IRS issue. So if, you know, before that happens, you know, talk to your tax person or give us a call because without that, you're going to make some choices that might not be the best for you. One more time, 615-367-0819. You can also go to Friday at drfriday.com friday at drfriday.com or check me out on the web at drfriday.com hope you guys are going to celebrate and have a wonderful fourth of july and we'll talk to you next saturday call you later